We're back. The Whiskey Hue, a podcast from three brown startup enthusiasts that pull back the curtain on business, culture, and side pieces, sports, e-games, cannabis, you know, those hustles that we, that we all have without the bullshit, of course, and most importantly, over whiskey. America calls Clyde Black, Athul Brown, and Anthony somewhere in the confusing middle. But with three brothers and various shades of brown. All types are wrong, man. Bring you, <laughs> that's what I do. <laughs> bringing you the latest in tech, business, and startups mixed with a ton of sarcasm. Cue the music. The Whiskey Hue, we're here, and we, you know, it started off crazy, right? So I'll let Anthony d- dive into that. Yeah, so our conversations with the three of us all start over text, and text conversations about business, tech, all forms of business, really. And what was a unique part of it was that we all come with three different kind of disciplines. And we're really trying to be like the guy at Thule over here, because he got the money. He's like the VC He's the guy. rich one. Rich one. <laughs> I'm, I'm the guy that lives in South Orange. But, <laughs> but we had great conversations about all forms of business and opportunities for black and brown people to really get into. So. And it starts off for me, like, looking at the venture space, right? Right now, it's 1% of all funding and founders are, are black or brown. Latinos has a little, little bit of edge on us, but, you know, black and brown. Really? Yeah, 1.8, you know, you're in there. <laughs> you're in there. Half of you in there. <laughs> you're in there, yeah. So, you know, the funding is there. So, you know, we think about that space, think about the dollars, think about the business deals and how they're delivering and how, how you know, we can play in that space and deliver information. Um, because, you know, I've been in the space working for startups. Um, Atul is, you know, he's the money guy. He's venture, so I'll let him dive into that. It's exciting, man. So there's... It's changing, but we need people like us to be in kind of in partnership roles to help kind of bridge that gap. And I think we can do that. And it's happening. Yeah, I, I think, you know, for myself, uh, I'm on the business development side, business development sales strategy side. So I worked a lot with early stage startups and trying to figure out, put together this go to market strategy and sales. Go to and, market. Go to market. Yeah, all that good, fun stuff. But, you know, there's so much on the opportunity side that we need to talk about and get out there. And with our conversation over whiskey, should be fun. We're going to get it. So 75% of the money still goes to just three states, right? California, New York, Massachusetts. Three? We got to change that. Just three states. That's so wow. 25% for the rest of the states, right? And uh, and that's changing slowly because now with tech, we've enabled people to be in other places. And now from my venture perspe- perspective, I'm like, if you don't need to be in those three states because they're expensive as hell, <laughs> taxes. go to Iowa <laughs> or wherever. If you can get have access to talent remotely or whatever it is launch a business there you don't need to be here so austin texas yeah and it texas is great the, you know property tax is great austin's getting a little more expensive now too yeah. compared to what it was eight years ago yeah. but you know it's a lot cheaper than here okay okay so you know with whiskey hill we want to deliver that we want to deliver information knowledge um and you know our experience so for myself i've you know launched companies took a company from you know two million customers to 15 million customers within a two-year window. Nice. So, you know, I like to think about, you know, how can I help bridge the gap between somebody taking their business from startup to scale up uh, and providing insights? How can I help you help me yeah. <laughs> business? That's what, that's what we're talking about right here. This could be an opportunity segment too. There you, you, know, you know, you remember uh, pre-Obama, this was like, I think, Fortune Magazine of Fours back in the day called, you know, they used to say yuppies back in the day. Preach. Then it became Henry's. Have you heard of that term? 
Uh, High earners, not rich yet. Henry's. Yeah. It's funny as hell. So that was pre-Obama. Then Obama was dropping that all the time, too. And uh, that's where we need to be. So we either need to, if we're not there right now, because that's like 250 to 500K as a family or single if that's what you're earning. So that means you're not rich. You have enough to pay off your, your house, your school, all these things, right? But you're not, you're not saving a lot for retirement. Yeah. So we either want to pull, if you're up and as a listener, we want to pull you into this group and then get you beyond it. If you're in that group, we want to push you beyond. And I think we're going to have the information to get you there. Absolutely. And then think about ways to look at opportunities, right? Because, you know, another term that I've, I've learned is called a dink. You know what that one is? I don't even want to go there. You figure it out. You get it. <laughs> get it. So this is, the prime, this is the prime space you need to be in. Double income, no kids. Oh, that's yeah, yeah. Oh, I've heard that. Yeah, yeah. blew your mind. Yeah, <laughs> I got, I got one income, no kids. So that's uh, <laughs> you're in trouble. It's basically <laughs> pretty, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, so that's what we want to deliver, and you know, we want to provide our point of view and how we help and how we discuss topics, right? So, looking at the VC space, the tech space, how it's changing is kind of the biggest thing, right, on the on the top of the list for us right now. And thinking about the VC space, you know, and how the the dollars are split. I mean, you talked about 75% of the dollars come from three states. Mm. Blows my mind. Um, you know, are, are those the best ideas or is it just the boys club? It's access. It's access to yep. the boys club. Mm. So that means only the best ideas come from Stanford, Stanford and Harvard? Uh, yeah, sure, sure. And then, <laughs> no, I wouldn't say it. So I think the... It's, well, it's Boston, though, right? When you look at Massachusetts, right. they're, not, they're not going to... No offense to the great state of Massachusetts, not going to the... So the metric, the metric really is, right? A lot of... Yeah, so there's a lot of the scholastic backing. The foundation is there, right? But then there's the access to capital is there. Uh, so what we need to do... So 40, 50 years ago, when this venture space really took off, right? It was... What was the look in the round room? What, what were they? They're all white dudes, right? Yeah, yeah, white, yeah. older males, generally. They were coming out of engineering, teching positions, banking positions. They were putting money into the next idea. The only way that's going to change is if we get into those positions. So they're not going to... VC space operates on your personal network mm -hmm. and the opportunities you can provide for them. So if those guys aren't... If we're not in the room, people that look like us then that's not going to happen, right? So that's why you see like Harlem Capital, you'll see Female Founders Fund. These things are happening because they want to give, not because those ideas might be better or they're less than what the white guys were looking at, to put it uh, bluntly, but they just didn't have access to it because they weren't looking for that. Their high priority was, let me return money to my investor pool okay. versus, oh, I'm, I'm not going to prioritize. I have to find a female. But if this white dude who's 30, 30 years old can give we me- We work. Yeah, right? Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> <laughs> that was a shady. We'll talk about that some, at some point. But yeah, that's that's what we need to do. So if we can create like us. So, you know, there's that whole, if you heard of that, I think it's called Black VC. Uh, it's an organization, I think it started in 2018. I just found out about it. I didn't even know about this group. But they're, they're putting, it's not even a, a fund of sorts, but they're actually just getting, aggregating sharp cats, some of them from banking, some from tech, whatever they are, and pooling the resources together and helping to source deals so they can actually go to Sequoia or uh, you know, uh, Mark Andreessen Horowitz and all these folks say, hey, look, there's this, these awesome great groups that you're looking at from our network. You should take a look because I think there's some great returns here and great value propositions for the industry. So that's what's happening. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're thinking about that space and, you know, the one you just mentioned is a good one. Another one you need to think about is Blacks in Tech. It's a meetup, right? So it's the entry level. Just go learn, listen. They have events all the time and uh, we're in the New York area. So, you know, if you're in the New York area, just Google it meetups, black, mm -hmm. Blacks in Tech uh, meetup group. So definitely check that out and look at the space because 
the more people that we get interested, um, more get learning about the space, learning about ways to engage and talk to different people, uh, I think is the big, biggest opportunity for us to make an uh, uh, impact into wealth building. Because ultimately, that's what this game is all about, yeah. wealth building. So you think about it, you know, it's, it's, it's the ultimate flip, right? You have one um, VC or one person who founded the business. Uh, so think about Elon Musk, right? So, you know, he, he launched uh, or worked with, um, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but PayPal. Yeah. He was a part of the PayPal mafia. Yeah. Right. So he took that money <laughs> from the PayPal deal. It's a long story. You know, he had a competing company. They merged. They created the PayPal mafia. And then from there, you know, he got a ton of money once they went public. And now he has Tesla and solar companies and, you know, breaking windows and a little bit of everything else. Yeah. So, you know, it's all about the flip. And it's the more people. truck. <laughs> that is a true visionary entrepreneur. Like yeah. there's a lot of people that call themselves quote unquote entrepreneurs. That's the real dude. He puts his money on the line and he goes for it. That's visionary stuff. When we lose a guy like that, that's a real life Iron Man. When you lose a guy like that, that vision, that vision, you can't be replaced, right? There's only a few guys like that. So I'll ask you what, like, what's the characteristic that you see in him of why he's that type of visionary? Because I think about it like you pretty much have to have the balls to be wrong um, and make mistakes and disrupt. So something that you know stands out to me is people who can launch something and have the ability to to fail right so we're in black and brown community you know can we fail once can we fail twice my answer is no we can only fail once why who makes that rule that's what we need to stop and in our own community to start to think past that right okay but i agree with you right now that's in the mindset of a lot of people we have to get past that because elon's not thinking about hey of course i'm gonna mess up a couple times man but i'm gonna get up and get, keep going right there's a lot of songs that have that cliche line but you know well yeah it's a it's a that, that when you start getting into the fail conversation that's more of a social economic kind of discussion right where where you brought up if you're a first generation college graduate um you gotta get a good job get a good job yeah. get yourself into a, a particular or, uh, place or your first generation you know or first generation born here immigrant right or or second generation right so it's about stable a stable career not too much risk safe for retirement even though retirement is yeah. 72, 73, and the average man <laughs> dies at 78, 79. Yeah, so, like, yeah. it's, a weird, it's a weird dynamic. But risk, your risk, your risk profile lim is limited, um, depending on who you are. So most people will try these startup spaces. Like, I think there's more kids That's now. risky as hell, though, too. Yeah. Go, right? Going to a startup is risky as shit, but you gotta, you, you, your likelihood of doing it is in your early 20s. Yeah. Once you cross a certain age, the likelihood of you doing going after a startup or doing creating your idea or leaving a large firm to work at an early stage company is is really limited because you have responsibilities. You have tons of tons. tons May of I agree things. and disagree with that? I completely uh -oh. agree with you. People take people take a chance, but you know the funny thing is, from our perspective, when we're looking at companies, there's a higher success rate when a startup is the founders are in their forties. Mm -hmm. It gets the the risk goes down Risk as profile, the person's yeah. age goes up because they have the experience they know they're not going to take silly chances and they're not going to go through crazy burn rates generally yeah that's a so we've seen it there's actually stats on that. there's a harvard case study on that mm. so people will try it a lot in the 20s the funny thing is people coming out of these ivy league business schools used to go banking consulting that was a typical route yeah. right now a lot of them are going to startups man because they're seeing these success stories and not all of them are going to make it but they're is getting it that, about the money though is it about the money the opportunity you're not the replace. opportunity to get experience quickly. So Most of these cats aren't going to get banking money in a startup. 
Most yeah, startups, I know it's like 50, 60%. I say it's more like 90% of startups st- fail because if you could have been doing better in a better role for three, four years, in, in, a, in a corporate role, get, make a mill to whatever, whatever it is, like a couple hundred K over the co- course of that time, I think that would have been, a, that's a better thing. than so I call that a failure. But like if, you know, somebody's making like 200K over four years, that could be cool for them. Yeah. I'm like, if you could have been making 200K a year uh, for four years straight, that's 800K. You just, you know, you, you squash 600K in my opinion. Well, so. I was, I would say, you know, from a startup perspective and, and what you broke down, you know, I, you know, I think like all, most of us started off in a corporate setting yeah. for the majority of my career yeah. and then took a risk because I was like, I wanted to switch to digital or some kind of tech side. And I couldn't because I was traditional media. And the only way for me to get in there is to. Is oh, to the whiskey's coming out. Scotch. Clyde, Clyde's about to get lit on a Wednesday. <laughs> I'm about to. <laughs> like, I was laying down. You, you jump, the only way for me to get that experience is to work at a startup. Mm. True. That, that real, that real transi- transition experience was to go to a startup to really get my hands dirty. But what I realized there is how you start finding how risky, how some people just have the biggest balls to go take an idea yeah. and cr- put it together. And it's not even a great idea. And they're not yeah. even all great yeah. ideas. Like, I, I, great I've, idea. sat, I've sat in these WeWorks and I'm like, how the hell did you get funding? <laughs> you know? and, but that, I say, how the hell did you get funded because of the, what you just said, Athul, is about the idea of like, based off of my experience and understanding business a little bit more, I would not have funded that idea, but some sure. people do. There's that fear of missing out. Yeah. And a lot of us in the, I'm going to say it, a lot of us in the VC space, we're kind of insecure. If we're thinking, hey, if that dude's going to get the deal, I better get that deal before him. And it's worth maybe 800K to mil, but let's throw two mil at it. That's silly, but we'll that do it. Sounds like the SoftBank model. Pump yeah. it up. Pump Soft, it and dump it. SoftBank is some bullshit. Man. We'll get into that. We'll get to that later. <laughs> that's another. That's, that's, a, whole, a, that's a sore subject for you. We know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you it's know, like, you know, thinking about that because you know, I've been a part of a failed startup. You know, here, we we grew here. it to millions of customers. I didn't. Get the that founders IPO. I thought I was going to be rich. Wrong. Which group was it? Can you say? Not really. <laughs> I'm sure if you look at my LinkedIn, you probably figured it out. Right, right, the right. look, <laughs> look. Who is this fail start on, on the, the interwebs? <laughs> on the interweb. <laughs> yeah. So you know, I've been a part of that, and you think about it, right? So we were, we were, we had a great run, and we were buying companies, and then mm. went public, uh, and the market pulled back the curtain, and it was like uh, pump fake, <laughs> pump fake. What, what happened though? What happened? So you you had tremendous growth, right? So tremendous growth. There, there. Scale was there. You're acquiring there. companies the that complemented you. Huh? Companies that complemented your group, so you were acquiring them. Yep. What was the main thing in your point? What the main pivot to failure? Uh, production of revenue. Right. We couldn't sustain the revenue after we went public. Like not the street. Okay. To be able to pull back the curtains, they're able to say like, "Are you making money? Yeah. Or do you have a pathway to make money?" And while we had the growth, you know, those customers weren't cut. Converting over, so you know we had a high cost uh, CPA co- um, cost per acquisition uh, on the marketing side. For those those of you that don't know, Anthony, <laughs> and then we uh, and then we uh, we couldn't sustain that over time, right? So you know we we had to start reducing staff and yeah. you know start selling off. Eventually, they sold the company. Uh, I got out before then. You know, I kind of read the writing on the wall, but yeah. you know that's the part of the startup world that that's a little bit scary, but. You know, from a a founder who took the risk, he got his money at the IPO, and then yeah. then from there it was you know good luck everybody. The initial investor. So you brought up a baller point, right? So not all companies should be public. Mm. So Elon Musk has even talked about Tesla. He goes, I could do much better because I wouldn't have to report my metrics to you every quarter because that's some BS, right? 
if Wall Street needs to see you making 3,000 cars or whatever it is, right? Some absurd number. And if you don't meet it, that's a failure. You got 200 less. That's his argument. And that's why he got he got in trouble with the uh, SEC, right? He made, oh, I could, you know, I got somebody to take the Saudi, I think it was a Ramco. Or somebody, I, he had banking, he was talking about. Yeah. We're going to take it at four at 420, right? But <laughs> I, I do have a note for you. Today they hit an all-time high in the stock price. Absolutely. Just to, just to let you know, it's, so it's working. So we can talk about that at some other point, but like that's a volatile <laughs> stock. You can play it. Don't buy, okay, for people who buy when it goes up, don't buy when it goes up. Buy when it dips. All right, we'll talk about that some other time. <laughs> <laughs> and the financial advisor section of the show has been brought to you by. I'm making money. <laughs> you know, VC has been great, and there's a lot of money going into it, and the banks are getting into it. So banks put in. So I'm talking about corporate banks. So all companies have their like J.P. Morgan, Goldman, venture capitalists. All right. So these, uh, so financial service companies, which are outside of the traditional VC models, right? They're putting, they put in like eight billion dollars last year. Because they know they're getting squeezed because of, I'm going nerdy because I'm that Asian dude. And we the, with interest rates squeezing. All-time low, right? Like 1%, right? Absolutely, right? So it, with that squeezing, and so they're not getting their recurring money on that, right? So yeah. now they're going to, they're going to, they're taking these bets. They're looking at alternative sources of revenue. So that's what's happening, man. And so they, I think half of that $8 billion was the traditional banking system because of that reason. Wow. Yeah, so it's it's changing, man. It's it's interesting. Well, I think the real the real discussion of, of where we're going to get into over a period of time um, is really understanding what sectors and industries that we're really going to focus on because of the growth and how their banks are getting involved. What sectors are they getting involved in? Yeah, because you know now we we got the TikToks of the world who are playing the social media side, but then what you don't really hear about in the mainstream. Let I say that word. The mainstream. Mainstream media. <laughs> but you, you don't hear about the healthcare set side mm, of the world. Absolutely. You're starting to hear about the e-gaming because it's now broadening it out and it's yeah. not really controlled anyway. It's just, it's wild and it's just going out there. But there's a whole bunch of different sectors um, where there's opportunity. Yeah, and that, that goes to the changing landscape. Yeah. Right? So thinking about how, what, what we looked like, say, the last five years where pretty much we've been on a good run. Uh, we've been on a good run in the last five years. And how do we continue with that? A changing landscape, so it's a, uh, it's I think it's a mix of diverse companies and then also a, the improvement of technology. You know, the whole AI um, space just is, is I'm intrigued by that. Um, so, how do you automate? How do you add that into your? You know, I just I just take a second and take a deep breath because you know, how do you add that into your uh, in, in your playbook for as a company and automate everything, reduce customer, reduce cost employee costs because now you can like Google you can recommend how to write your email. I don't know if you guys ever seen that, but you know, I live by that. Yeah. <laughs> it just automatically put the person's name in there. Right? Oh yeah. And type for you basically. Yeah. So uh you so wanna, you might want to put a period here, Anthony. Stop having a run on sentence. <laughs> put a period, fool. <laughs> Look at me, I'm smart now. Thanks, AI. <laughs> Not Alan Iverson. It's AI Lee. Sent this email to you. <laughs> right, right, right. So the changing la- landscape. So you think about that, you think about blockchain and not necessarily mm-hmm. crypto, but you know, how do you secure that. it's pretty much you secure you secure stuff basically at the end of the day. Yeah. Um and that's the changing landscape and there's a huge amount of money and then when you layer in, you know, pretty much the elephant in the room of cannabis. Yeah. I get high. I get high. And I get high. Legalization. It's like prohibition. When they decide to legalize that federally, game's on. It's going to be interesting, though. So, you know, my boys, so can I, are we going to jump on cannabis or are we not even mess with that right now? Go ahead. Go Some ahead. other time. Real quick. Treat so yourself. my buddy, ER Doc <laughs> in uh, Maryland, right? So yep. he's a smart dude. He's, he's doing well. And he's been looking at investing in cannabis. He said, 
because he sent me his deck. It made sense, but I don't know that space enough to get involved with it. Yeah. So I said, hey, I need to talk to other folks. And we know some sports players that are yeah. in from here. So we were talking to them. He said he's pulling out right now because the cartels don't like mm-hmm. feds, everyone dipping into their money. So they're going up and saying, we're going to, it's straight up mafia, mafioso shit. Wow. <laughs> straight up in California, it's really bad. So apparently, and that's where he's from originally, he said, I'm pulling out for a little bit, just laying low, because it's too saturated, A, and they're cleaning up the game, because that's that's like 60% of the revenues off the top. If any dude, dude down the street can just start making his own and selling it, that's taking out, that's dipping into their pockets, right? Yeah, I mean, but you think about it, like, it's an upside and a downside to it. So the downside right now, everything that I've been hearing and listening about is what you do with all the cash that you got. They can't mm-hmm. go to banks. Yeah. Uh, yeah, which it's is crazy like, it's because money laundering they have to do. No, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's not that hard to do. It's a whole bunch of cash. They're I paying, seen in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> they're paying their vendors in cash. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're you know just hoarding cash. They can't go to banks if there's a bank that's willing to take the risk. And you know the federal government coming in, coming there and potentially seize it. So um, they had one of the biggest conference in the world for uh, uh, cannabis, which is BizCon. Mm. It happened a couple of weeks ago, yeah. and that was. It was it was pretty much eye opening because there's a lot of companies that are focused around the pretty much the picks and axes side of cannabis, right? You think about you know people were digging for gold back in the day. They don't care about the gold; they're selling the the the, the stuff around it. So right. that's where all the money is. I think I agree with you, right? Levi's sold jeans to the gold diggers. Which your team is made, named after, 49ers. <laughs> yeah. Straight up, that's how it was. So, yeah, it was Levi- like, first things first, how about those Niners? I'm going to hear I was going to say, right? You're talking to two uh, dudes in the NFC North. We don't want to hear your yeah, shit, yeah, man. Yeah. Go Lions. <laughs> but, bro, no, when you say go Lions, I say, bro, Lions? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Bears fan. <laughs> anyway. I, I think the, with, the, with the, 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 whole, the whole concept in general, since we're talking about broad, you know, the broad concept of our podcast is that also looking at the whole chain. Yeah. Right. So you also now have these sites that are distrib you know, they're almost act as distributors, like the Apples or the for the podcast world, right? Doses, right? Yeah. They don't there's there's several companies out here, you know, they connect with all the different farms, sell their product online. They take it really in uh in Bitcoin and different different forms like that and then sell it and drop it off to you or they, you know, ship it to you via FedEx or UPS or United States Postal Postal Service and drop it off at your doorstep. Um, and there's all these different inter- interplays, right? And people in, the, in between who are playing in this game. And because people are afraid of federal regulations, anything of that nature, or, or just being messing up at one piece, not everybody, there's not a lot of people in it in that supply chain. Yeah. So not everybody has to be on a farm. Yeah. You can open up a store, you go to a different, get a license with, you know, with the health department within those certain states like California to, you know, do the medical mar- marijuana side of it too. So there's different, there's yeah. different pathways in this process. So you don't have to jump into a farm and be worried about the Mexican cartel knocking on your door and taking off. Yeah. <laughs> taking so, all and, and you know, the black and brown people are they're trying to find a way into it, right? There's a bunch of companies who are developing, and I know this is not a cannabis episode, but I just, since you started to go down that path, we'll, we'll de- dive in, deep into it. So, you know, one that, that, you know, I'm excited to see is uh, the one by Al Harrington. Oh. Uh, Viola is, is one that's out there, and, it, and it's, you know, the company sells, they vapes, flowers, extracts, you know, a bunch of different things in the cannabis space. But, you know, there's there, there are many black and brown companies in the cannabis space. Yeah. There's like... The 99th floor, which is a chef who's, you know, cooking up meals made from cannabis and CBD and a bunch of other things. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're finding our space 
and there's a bunch of opportunities, but I just hope that we're not locked out. You know, you know, people who got weed charges back in the day, they can get in the game now and get their, their records expunged because now it's illegal. It's illegal. Those dudes are all 40 now in regular corporate jobs. Though. <laughs> <laughs> I would hope. Fingers crossed. <laughs> no. like, I got arrested for weed, man. I got arrested for weed. But to right. sum it all up, I'm thinking, right? So from a, just from an investment perspective, we have to create vehicles to get people who look like us to the next level. So the, the biggest problem you see in any kind of company is people have a great idea, but they don't execute on it. Yeah. Right. And, they, and, you know, execute on your idea. Follow through. Get with people that can help you get there because people want to people want to support. There's a ton of money out there. Yeah. If you've a got ton? a great idea. A ton? There's a ton of money out there. Trust me. Shh. People always have money. Someone put you on the spot. How much VC money went out last year? I think it was like 120 bill. Oof. Say it again for us. I think it was like And I think we're going to clip that this year. So the IPO market's another story. That's a shade. That's a, shady there's a lot ass. of sh- not, not Not all of it's shady. But there's a lot of shady shit that went down. And a lot of that was SoftBank. Well, I mean, SoftBank set a bad precedent. They're like the R. Kelly of the <laughs> investment group. You know, they shit. They pissed on us. <laughs> right? They pissed on the name. But in a SoftBank, you used to do some dirty things. I don't, should I go into this real quick? Like, get well, out. No, quick. Give, before, give, us, give, us, give us two minutes. Oh, right. Give us okay. two minutes. Right. Right. Quick, quick. Two minutes. I love just, this. I love just, this. Just, just so you know what SoftBank did, right? This so was like 30 texts one day. So usually, let's say, let's Clyde, because he's, he's rich. You see, talk right? after dark. <laughs> <laughs> Pull the scotch up. <laughs> so Clyde's rich as hell. We already know this, right? So we come to his joint. <laughs> so Clyde says, hey, I'm too rich. I mean, I want to start another company, get even richer. So he's got company A he wants to, he wants funding for. He says, Athul, I need 10 mil. I'm like, okay. What SoftBank would do, they said, you know what, Clyde, instead of giving you 10 mil, I'm going to give you 100, 10 million at a $100 million valuation, which means you're worth 10, 10 times what I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you 100 mil at a $2 billion valuation. And Clyde would say, well, Clyde would immediately say, well, I don't need that, right? I need 10 mil. I've worked out my case. He's a smart dude. SoftBank said, well, if you don't take my 100 mil, I'm going to take it to your competitor. That's exactly what they did with Uber. SoftBank did this with Uber, and Uber was going to deny it. They were going to go to Lyft. Mm. then Uber said, okay, okay, we'll take the deal. They did the same thing with WeWork, and they forced them to take these shitty-ass loans. It's kind of like, and I'm not going to get into politics, but like governments that we know of in the Western world have done this to <laughs> other com- countries. Red, white, and blue governments? I'm just saying. I'm just gonna, <laughs> and it's, but this is the test of time. This is what every empire has ever done, right? So that's just another, that's another thing. So that, that's why a lot of the VC community, it's a stain on what, you know, what we've actually been doing. Wow. So this has been great. Right. So, you know, this is the first one. I love it. Um, this is kind of bringing our text group chats to life. Um, you know, before we, 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 we jump off, you know, what I want to do is kind of go do a quick round table, hot topics, right? Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you know, what, what you see, what are you seeing in the news right now today? Uh, real quick, like what's getting you excited, what you're reading, what you're watching, um, you know, what's, what the news, News in there, just something that people can get excited about. Uh, tell me about it. Who wants you, to go first? Should you go highbrow or lowbrow? No, I'm going to give you go, both. How about that? Go lowbrow with me. So. Right. First, I'll give you highbrow so you think I'm smart for like two and a half seconds until I get to the second one. All right. Think and Grow Rich. I've talked about this. Napoleon yes. Hill, that there book. You go. That's a book you should probably read once a year. It's short. Uh, actually, it's not short. It's a classic. It was written in the 1930s, but it still resonates today. Business schools still use it, and they give it out to people. Banks, when you start there, your first role, they want you to read it. It has 13 principles. Basically, I think it was Carnegie, uh, went, he hired a, a, a journalist, quote unquote, at the time, said, go out and find what my richest peers are doing and bring those principles back to me. And they ended up writing a book about it. 
13 principles how to do that. Now I'm going to go lowbrow. Okay. You know what my winner of the week, winner of the century is? Not winner of the century. Winner of this last three months, man. And I call him a loser. He's my Chi-Town homie, oh Kanye West. <laughs> this dude went MAGA, right? Uh -oh. Turned his back on the community, said a bunch of foul shit. But then he went on this church tour. This guy's brilliant. He's a genius. Went on this church tour. He's on. He's, we, want, we want people to listen to our podcast. Right. Homie's on Joel Epstein, but I'm telling you, if you know I'm how to market. I'm off Kanye for the people. I'm off of it. No, but I'm no saying. No Yeezys for me. I, I completely agree. I completely agree. But this dude's a marketing genius. Yeah. And that's more yeah, your lane than mine. And I'm just looking at him fascinating because I don't understand I agree marketing. with that. Genius. He's a marketing this genius. This dude is. But I can, I can imagine Jay-Z and Beyonce looking at the dude. This dude's kind of a clown-ass dude, right? <laughs> I'm assuming, right? But they got to do business. Anyway, go ahead. No, I, you know, my, my. My thing right now is really understanding and having deep conversations about the podcast and landscape and what's going on with the black and brown podcast and I'm not the lack of them getting actual real advertising dollars. Mm. And that's something that's really growing. Um, people, more black and brown people are doing podcasts and they're not really getting the advertising money right now. And because of the algorithms of the major distributors, they're not getting the marketing itself interesting to to really get become larger to get those advertising dollars so i think that's something to really look into uh because there's other black networks or brown networks who are people doing podcasts and they're just not making the money is that unique to this group as in this group where we're talking no, i'm saying like just is that unique to black and brown podcasts because i know well like, there, there there are people there are black so the, the thing is the 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 black and brown podcasters who are making money they're the big names they're the guys who are Damon John, Oprah. But like most cats, like I'm saying like Joe Rogan. This dude's making 25, Joe, 30 million a year now, but he was he did this for 10 years making no money. Yeah. So so but it was also it was also a far from established medium at that point. The yeah. medium medium's yeah. now becoming a little bit more yeah. established. Yeah. Um it's really it's the same the funny part about these mo mediums and models, whatever, they're they're roughly the same as every other industry. Same as radio started, just like TV has been. It's all about the content, then the actual distributor, and then matching it with the advertising. Yeah, yeah. It's the same model, and that's podcasting. And I think the key right now is to make sure we get more black and brown people to make some money. I got you. All right, cool. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. And for me, um, I'll touch on something. Plug. You say what? Shameless plug. Shameless plug. Shameless <laughs> plug. You know. Since we do have a podcast, I expect you to be looking for sponsors since you brought up the topic. What's up? Uh, yep. Up? Business de development guy, business. We're in business. Let's get Develop some something. Let's get, get some money. Let's listen to some episodes. Oh. Hey, Mr. Blackish. <laughs> <laughs> get that money. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, right, right. So for me, um, you know, the last thing I'll touch on is kind of a hot topic for me is uh, um, what I've been tuning into is the... Uh, uh, it's a Netflix special. It's 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 a Bill Gates special around. Um, uh, I forget the exact title. Get this but money. It's like Bill's mind, like Bill Gates, Bill right? Bill brain or something. Yeah, yeah you, some, you turn me on to it. It's yeah, good, yeah, man. yeah. And actually, you know, I'm a good friend of mine, Chad. He he told me about this, so I won't take all the credit. Um, he uh, uh <laughs> so pretty much it breaks down Bill's brain, right? It talks about his story, his life, and kind of the way he looks at problems and how he throws money at you know third world problems to help solve it. So. People can't get a, a toilet and get it created. So he figured out, you know, throw a ten million dollar prize at it and help solve the problem, uh, which has been working. So it's a it's a fascinating uh, three part doc that you know I recommend watching on a long flight. Um, so you know that's one thing that gets me excited. But you know it it just opens up the mind. So as a black and brown person, uh, you know I think about like how do you solve problems? How do you figure out ways to think about the current challenges we have in front of us differently? So um, you know this is. 
And the key, sorry to cut you off, I think the key to that is actually bringing it, solving the problems from your world, from exactly. your perspective, yeah. mm, not, from, nice. not from a general, general white American perspective. Bring it from how is this gonna serve my community and, and develop it from there. Sorry, sorry to cut you off, man. It's all good, man. You're the brains of this operation. I damn. I know. <laughs> so yeah, so, you know, so back for the first time, the Whiskey Hue. This has been the first episode and we thank you. And, you know, this has been fun. You know, our whiskey of the day was uh, Pinhook. Very floral. Anthony's drunk most of it, I will say. Pause, and, pause. Damn. I did not. I did not. It's a four-part series. That's how drunk you are. You don't know how much you drank, man. Exactly. <laughs> I, had, I, had, I had two. He two said, give half. me some more ice with some whiskey in it. Two and a half yeah. bottles. I, I didn't ask for more whiskey. I just asked for more ice. <laughs> <laughs> you got to match my whiskey. <laughs> so, yeah. So, Pinhook, it's a uh, it's a straight bourbon whiskey. It's one of the ones that's good. It's, it's you know. It's, it has a floral taste. It's like. Okay. You know, look at this guy. Look at this but guy. But the key here with this one is that you get confused with it because it's in a wine bottle. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. It throws you off. Throws you off. I he, handed it to you. Yeah, you handed you it like, to me. I was like, what the hell is this, man? Are we doing wine? Is it wine, Hugh? <laughs> yeah. Wine. <laughs> no, no, no. Come no. here. We're in an ascot. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. It's, 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 got a, it's got a kick to it. Yeah, definitely it's a nice, kick. Right? has like a little sweet cinnamon yeah. flavor. Yeah. I, 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 I taste a little vanilla in there as well. A little bite. So I recommend it. Check it out. Whiskey Hill. Whiskey Hill. We're Ace. back. Check us out. <laughs>